Hello, welcome back to another edition of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. Join me again on my co-host, Casey Reardon. Hello. Dalton Bishop. Hey. And also returning back is Christian Ernst. Howdy, y'all. So today we are going to be previewing the NFL week one, giving our thoughts on some key matchups. But before we dive in, this just in before we record the podcast, the Raptors won in double overtime against the Boston Celtics to force a Game 7. Game 7 slated to be played Friday at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As you know, I'm a Celtics fan. Casey's a Raptors fan. So I'm going to go over to Christian first. What are your predictions for Game 7? Uh, game 7, I think it's going to be a really close game, but I think Boston's going to edge out by probably five points. I think Tatum's going to go off once again. Okay. And, Dolan, before we did our predictions for this round, you said Raptors in seven. So, what are you looking forward to from this game? Uh, well, uh, the uh, defensive matchups. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking for some high scoring like we had tonight. Um, either way, you know, I said Raptors in seven. I don't care who wins this game. But I just hope that it's a great game seven. I mean, Casey, you got to be really excited from the, tonight's game. So, what do the Raptors need to do to carry over the momentum from this game? Because we saw what happened in game three when they won on that last second shot. Momentum carried over to game four, and they just blew Boston out of the waters. So what do you expect for Friday's game seven? Friday's game seven, I expect for a lot of fatigue. I mean, all four, four of our five starters played 50-plus minutes. And, you know, it was a hard-fought game where tons of personal fouls. I mean... Almost all of our team was in foul trouble. Almost all the Celtics were in foul trouble. I mean, we just got to find a way to recover and mainly find a way to shut down Daniel Tice in the paint. Because I don't know what the heck was going on with the Raptors defense down the stretch, but they just left Tice open for alley-oop after alley-oop after alley-oop. But I see the biggest keys is getting Siakam hot early and keeping Lowry as the general focus of the offense. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Lowry tonight had a very, very good game. I mean, I was obviously upset with him making three after three. Also, Van Vliet. Norman Powell even stepped up in the clutch for you all. So, I mean, for Boston, I mean, you got to get JB, JT going early. Tyson the paint was awesome. I mean, Smart had triple-double, and his defense, that's something to watch. Is Smart and Lowry, two guys who very tenacious on defense, but also have a reputation for flopping a lot. So... That would be an interesting battle to see how that goes. Hey, Larry does not flop. He draws fouls by getting charges. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, look at the tape. I mean, he's formally planted. and you, I mean, guys are just running him over. I mean, he's the reason. I mean, there's a reason why he leads the league and charges drawn. Yeah, I'm saying Larry's a great player to have on defense. And he does draw a lot of charges. But there's also times where he did sell some. And I'm not – I can't complain because – Smart sells a lot, and he's done. Do you that realize you have years. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on your team who flop more than anybody I've ever seen in my life? Okay, if that's what you want to believe, go for it. It's not what I believe. It's, it's called fast. <laughs> anyway, Game Seven Friday at nine. Hopefully, we get a very exciting game like we had tonight. As always, the winner gets to play Christian's favorite team, the Miami Heat. Who? Yeah. So I'm ex- I love the Heat because you know they got Jay Crowder and Kelly Olynyk, two of my former Celtics players that I loved rooting for when they were in Boston. So Miami, the Cinderella team of the playoffs. 
But this is what we are just doing that because that's breaking in the NBA. Now on to the NFL, what everyone's looking forward to. And before we dive into week one previews, I want to get Dalton Bishop's thoughts on a certain player who goes by the name Jalen Ramsey, who today just inked the highest paid deal for a cornerback in the NFL. So, Dalton, what are your thoughts on the Jalen Ramsey extension? Obviously well-deserved. He's one of the top corners in the NFL and definitely was a key part for you guys last year. Well, I mean, me first off is, is seeing as I would love to be a sports agent one day. As soon as I saw the numbers, I was like ecstatic. And that's and I didn't like I wasn't even the one who like signed the contract or negotiated the contract. Um, yeah, I really, really like the deal. Um, I honestly don't know how they were able to do it. But they did it. Uh, this is the third straight year that the organization has inked in a huge contract right before um, the uh, season starts. Um, yeah, no, I think I think it's great. Um, and let's just hope that his production can um, show and uh, that the uh, contract lives up to what he puts up on the field. Okay, Chris, anything you want to add to this? Uh, it was a huge contract for Jalen. Uh, he is definitely a top five corner in this league, absolutely. Uh, you know, when they, when they traded for him, I thought, you know, it was kind of interesting. He wanted out of Jacksonville. He was going to – he wanted to be on a winning kind of culture team, and I think uh, the Rams will definitely improve with him there. So, it was a great move for uh, L.A. to keep him. I mean, L.A. definitely should have done this. They traded two first-round picks just a year ago to get Jalen Ramsey. And you don't trade two first-round picks to a guy if you're not going to at least offer to try to extend the dude because that would just be a waste of draft capital. Casey, anything you want to add on the Jalen Ramsey front? I think it's definitely a good move for the uh, for the Rams. I mean, you want to solidify that cor- that number one corner spot, especially with how good the wide receivers in this league are getting. Um, other than that, time will tell how much he- how he lives up to the contract. I mean, if History shows he will live up to it, but we've seen players before get huge contracts and then tank. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I I like the signing right now. I mean, I do too, because especially look at the division you have. Saddle's got DK Tyler Lockett on their team. You got the the Cardinals who had just acquired John Hopkins. They also have Larry Fitzgerald. In San Francisco, you have Debo Samuel coming up. So, I mean – Locking him up for five years, he's going to go get some really good wide receivers in this league the next few years. And also breaking yesterday was a Von Miller linebacker for the Denver Broncos with a freak injury in practice is now ruled out for the rest of the season before it begins. Very tough break for a Denver team that was looking to take a huge second season under Vic Fangio, which if you remember, Fangio was in Chicago when they had Khalil Mack, and Khalil Mack had that breakout year. Well, he was already good when at the then-Oakland Raiders, and he just had a lot more production with Fangio. So definitely a tough break. Uh, I'll start with Casey for your thoughts on Von Miller's injury. Well, we still really don't know the severity of his injury. I mean, I've heard that he's getting it checked out and that there's still a possibility he could play. But I think in a season that's this crazy and kind of weird I don't I don't see him playing even if he is you know 75% healthy plus 
this is no longer the Von Miller team. I think that John Elway has set his eyes on Drew Locke and really wants to give this team to Drew Locke. Yeah, I like it too. I mean, Drew Locke has he shows some promise last year as a rookie. So, and also the Denver defense is not a bad defense. They still have Justin Simmons on the team. They have Bradley Chubb. They acquired Jarrell Casey. So it's not like the defense is a. Gonna, I mean, it will be a huge loss. I'll still go to Dalton. What are your thoughts on uh, Denver as they cope with the loss of Von Miller? It's a huge loss. I think um, they still have uh, Chubb and Jarrell Casey. And then uh, Justin Simmons on the back end. So I think the defense should be all right this year. But, yeah, Vaughn Miller is a huge loss. And Denver was trying really, really hard to make some improvements this year. It's very, very unfortunate for the franchise. Okay, Christian, anything else you want to add to this discussion? Uh, This was a thing of really big injury for them. Uh, They did acquire Jarrell Casey, and they still have – uh, Shelby Harris at a defensive end and Bradley Chubb. But I feel like Von Miller, he brings such an energy to that team, to that defensive front. Uh, he's definitely going to be missed. But Denver, I think, still could be good and uh, get into the playoff race, the wild card race. Okay. That does it for the uh, Von Miller discussion. Obviously, thoughts and prayers. Hopefully, he gets a good recovery. We can see him back on the field next season because he is one of the most exciting linebackers in the NFL. Also, today, kind of a not really a surprise, surprise, but officially announced today, two NFL players, Akeem Talib and Ryan Shazier, have announced their retirement from the NFL. Shazier had a very horrific injury a few years back and was on his road to recovery and was hoping to make another return back to the NFL. Unfortunately, he does not. His career ended prematurely. Akeem Talib also was injured last year, but that was, I don't think, played that much of a factor. He had given his time, and I think his body just kind of worn out, and he was decided to walk away from the NFL, which was interesting because Keith Philippe said that the Patriots and Belichick called it for, like, a reunion, and he turned it down, obviously, because he didn't think he'd keep up with it. So I'll start this one off with Dahl and thoughts on Akeem Philippe and Ryan Shazier announcing their retirement. Um. I mean, I didn't really think that Ryan Shazier was going to retire as quickly as he did, especially because he already made strides from that back injury that he had a few years ago. And I thought that he was going to come back and make a, make another good run at it. Um, and um, as for uh, Tlaib, um, he, had, he had a great career. Um, you know, I, I was reading an article about how when I saw that Bill Belichick tried to get to leave back in New England. He just told Bill Belichick that he just didn't have it in him anymore. Uh, so, I mean, kudos to the guy for a uh, stellar career. Um, and uh, I can only imagine that the next thing that he does, credit that too. Yeah, I believe I thought he was going to start his own podcast, which if he does, best of luck to him. And also, I mean, I think we'll probably see a Keeb in Canton someday. I think that his career kind of speaks for itself. Was a champion in Denver, Super Bowl Fifty, had multiple Pro Bowls, All Pro one year. I think it's not out of the realm. I don't know how soon he gets to Can, but I think it's definitely a possibility. Casey, thoughts on Akeem and uh, Ryan Shazier? Akeem to leave, yeah, I, I definitely think that you know it was just time to retire. I mean, he's a 34 year old cornerback, and just the sheer athleticism in this league nowadays, it would be hard for him to keep up. 
I mean, the only thing I, the only way I see him staying in the league as a defensive back is maybe moving to safety. Because uh, yeah, he's definitely a lot slower than he used to be. And Ryan Shazier, um, as unfortunate as it is, we all knew this day was coming. I'm surprised that he didn't retire sooner. To be honest, I mean, the guy was paralyzed. I mean, the guy was paralyzed from the waist down and could literally not move. And the, the fact that he's just walking today is, is just, a, just a medical miracle, really. I mean, the guy is a, a symbol of hope for all players who've been injured, even people who have experienced something like that before. I mean, the fact that he's walking now, you know, getting stronger every day is amazing, but his football career was over as soon as that injury happened. I hate to say it, but that's how it is. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone saw that. When we were, I mean, we all wished him well. We hoped that we could maybe see him come back. But best of – I mean, I don't know. I think he could stick around as like a coach somewhere if that's what he wants to do because he was a talented player, just unfortunately had a freak injury. But, I mean, I think he could be a talented coach if he – that's the career that he wants now. Yeah, Christian, sure. Yeah, Christian, anything you want to add to Akeem and Shazier? I mean, they were both, you know, when they did play in their primes, they were both tremendous players. Uh, Pittsburgh, he was, you know, he was known, you know, he was going to be the James Harrison of uh, this, you know, decade. So, you know, losing him when they played Cincinnati, uh, it was an absolutely traumatic injury. And I'm just, you know, I'm praying to God, you know, that he's actually been able to walk and he can move and play with his kids. Uh, you know, out of, outside of football, I'm super happy about that. About to leave, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. You know, probably not a first ballot, but definitely a Hall of Famer. You can't, you know, he's accomplished so much in Tampa and with New England and winning Super Bowl 50 in Denver, uh, helped in uh, LA for a while. So, you know, he's a definitely Hall of Famer in first case year. Uh, hope the best for him. Yeah, I mean, best of luck to their final, their next chapter of their careers and their lives. That does it for our uh, NFL news. And every week that we come back, we will have a segment where we do our recap, do a preview. And we're going to take a quick ad break and then come back with predictions on some key games for the next week. Welcome back from the ad break to Out of Bounce. And we have some very exciting games this week in the NFL. It's the first week of football. We had no preseason, so we have no clue really how good these teams are going to be. I mean, guess we can go off last year. But these teams have made a lot of changes to their rosters. So, And so the way this segment is going to work is I have four key games, mostly primetime and one game in the afternoon on Sundays. We're going to go around the table basically and – do our keys to the game, thoughts, what we're looking for in this game, and then come around and give our prediction on who we think is going to win the game. So the first game we have is Texans versus Chiefs on Thursday night. Chiefs unveiling their Super Bowl 54 banner that they won last year and welcoming a Texas team that they saw in the playoffs. In case you guys forgot, Houston jumped off to a 24-0 lead early and then just completely collapsed, and by halftime they were losing again. So, the Denver, I mean, at Denver, Kansas City had a miracle run last year, obviously, led by Patrick Mahomes, who I think is just going to have another phenomenal year, as always. Texans, Bill O'Brien, he's a decent to good regular season coach, but playoffs is not a stride. And 
this is not their first time they've played the first game. Kansas City a few years ago went into New England when New England unveiled one of their Super Bowl banners and upset the Patriots. So, I mean, it's going to be a good game, I think, but I'll go throw it over to Christian. What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, I think Kansas City is going to win, probably not by, you know, 20 or 30 points, but I do think they will win this game. Uh, The one question I have for Houston is how are they going to be able to work offensively without DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre, in a lot of people's minds, is probably the best receiver in the NFL, and Bill O'Brien gave him up for David Johnson, given he's a good running back, but yet give up the best receiver for – you know, an older running back in a second-round pick, how well, you know, is Bill doing as a GM? So, you know, will uh, Will Fuller step up? Can Kenny still step up for, you know, being the top receiver for Deshaun? Uh, Deshaun by himself, I think, will carry this offense, but it's definitely going to hurt without DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Watson's a fantastic quarterback, and they did add Brandon Cooks, and if I recall, I think they also had Randall Cobb to the team as well, so – Yes, sir, they did. Yeah, so they yeah, got they Cooks and Cobb. So that team has some talented receivers, but they're nowhere close to what Hopkins was. So, uh, Dolan, keys to the game for you. Patrick Mahomes, baby, of course. Um, I love the quarterback matchup, Deshaun Watson against Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I think the Chiefs that are going to win this game, uh, just out of the sure firepower that Kansas City has and the play caller that is Big Red, also known as Andy Reid. But, yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs in this one. I mean, that quarterback class, as you mentioned, Watson and Mahomes was a great quarterback class, but neither one of them was the first quarterback taken that year. That honor goes to a guy named Mitch Trubisky for the Chicago Bears, who went two overall that year. Obviously, I think we can tell that Mahomes and Watson have had a much better career than Trubisky has so far. Casey, keys to the game for you, and who do you think is going to win? My keys to the game for the Kansas City Chiefs are, you know, get Mahomes, get, get Mahomes going early, of course. Um, I don't know who their running back is right now. Is it still Damian Williams? Damian yeah. Williams opted out for the year, but they got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU, 32nd okay. overall in the draft. Yeah. I definitely think you want to get the run game going as well. Because, I mean, yes, that's going to be very hard to do against a stout – Houston front seven, but I do think the keys of the game are, you know, getting Travis Kelsey involved, getting Tyreek Hill involved, and Nicole Hardman involved. You know, the typical stuff that you want to see from the Kansas City Chiefs. But for the Texans, I think it is crucial to get that defense hot real quick. If you start off slow against the Chiefs, you're not winning the game. You know, you want to pressure the quarterback. You want to get Mahomes out of his element, even though it seems like he's always in his element with these crazy no-look passes, offhand passes. But yeah, my keys to the game for the Texans are, you know, get the defense going and establish the run game. Because we all know Kansas City does not have the best defense. They're going to beat you with their firepower, not by their defensive ability. But yeah. in this game, I see the Chiefs winning – 35-21. I mean, like you said, the Chiefs, like last year, they had an amazing run. The defense has been one of their downfalls recently. I mean, that's what a couple years ago when they played New England in the conference hall game, it was like they couldn't stop the Patriots. And in the second half, Patriots couldn't stop Kansas City either. But that's a little bit of their downfall. That's why I was not really sold last year on the Chiefs. 
they proved me wrong at one at all. But I mean, I think the Chiefs do jump off to a one and zero start this year because I just think the Texans. I mean, I don't like them that much this year. They lost a lot with trading Hopkins and O'Brien. He would be on the hot seat if he wasn't the GM. I think that's safe to say. I think because he is the GM, and I don't think management wants to go through a coaching change. I don't see him losing his job after this year either. Another game Sunday afternoon, Bucks Saints has the first Brady and Breeze game we've seen in a few years. It has been a while. Brady taking his talents down to Tampa after spending 20 years up in Foxborough, Massachusetts for the Patriots. And this game, I think, is going to be the receivers. Michael Thomas and probably Chris Godwin. It will be the number one Michael Evans, one of those guys. Just who is going to be getting the most yards? I think that's because it's going to be a very pass-happy game, I think. I mean, the Bucks did sign Leonard Fournette. Saints have Kamara, so it could be a running game, but I think it's going to be passing all game. So the defense, whoever needs some good corners to step up, or you got the Bucks have Shaq Barrett who can blitz and rush the passer and get to Breeze, hopefully. So it will be a fun game. Also, Jameis Winston is on the Saints now. He won't play as the third-string quarterback on the depth chart. And everything points to the Saints should be beneficial because – of the continuity they have, but I just feel like Tom Brady first game out of new England, he's going to be playing with a fire and energy that I think Tom's going to go in there and get the W week one, the bucks take off and go one to know doll. And I'll start with you on this. What are your keys to the game and who do you think is going to win? Um, well, uh, one of my keys to the game would be to get the run game going. Um, I know the Saints are trying to go, are going to try to get a uh, Kamara going, uh, the bucks with the running back, like with um, Fournette and Jones. Um, but, yeah, and also not to mention the defense. So I'm thinking whichever defense is better is obviously going to win their team the game. I'm thinking the Saints have the better defense. Huh? The Saints' um, front seven seems a little bit better to me in my own humble opinion. Um, and not to mention they still have their secondary still intact. With um, Lattimore out of Ohio State, he's a great pro so far. Um, and then their safeties. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Saints. And, of course, you know, he can't, can't count Breeze, but also he's playing against Tom Brady. So, really, I think it's a bit of a toss-up. But if I had to pick one team, I'm picking the Saints. Okay. Casey, thoughts on this game? Um, I definitely think that the Saints have the advantage here only because – they have better team chemistry so far. We don't know just how ready Tampa Bay is to compete because, yes, they have a lot of new added uh, added people. I mean, we don't know how fast Tom Brady's going on the offense. We don't know how fast um, Leonard Fournette's going to learn the uh, running scheme or the blocking scheme that Bruce Arians wants to run. But I do think that the Saints have the advantage here because of their experience playing together. I mean, this is a big change for Tampa Bay coming in from Jameis Winston to a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, this is it's definitely going to be an interesting game. I mean, and this is also the game or in the season that we see if Tom Brady is truly a system quarterback or the greatest player to play since who knows who. So I'm guessing you're going to say Saints win this game? Yeah, I said Saints. Okay, thank you. Christian, keys to the game, and who do you think gets the W? 
Um, you know, you all brought up really good points, you know, talking about Tampa Bay, you know, because of all this craziness in 2020, uh, we have not seen any preseason games. We don't know how, you know, rookies or other players on different teams will play. You know, is Gronk even close to the same that he was when he was in New England? You know, is Tom Brady a system quarterback? How, you know, how is chemistry going to work out with, uh, you know, Mike and Godwin with Tom Brady? Uh, you know, also O.J. Howard and, you know, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones and all of them. How's that going to work out? But I, I think Tampa Bay, to what Spencer said, Tom Brady wants to, you know, he wants to show that first game against a huge division rival. Like, these two teams between New Orleans and Tampa Bay, this is the division. You know, whoever, in my opinion, whoever wins this game has, a, has the best chance to winning uh, the NFC South. So I think, I think it's going to be a very close game. But I do think Tampa Bay, or Tampa Bay, people call it, uh, edges out New Orleans barely. I think it's going to be 35-30. It's going to be a real close game. Yeah, it's going to come down to the, probably who has the ball last, honestly, in my opinion. And, I mean, fourth quarter Tom Brady, as I've seen many, many times being a Patriots fan, is something fantastic to watch. On to Sunday night football. We had Dallas Cowboys ushering the Mike McCarthy era against the now Los Angeles Rams opening uh, SoFi Stadium. So it'd be a very fun game, obviously. I'll start this one off with our resident Rams fan and Cowboy hater, Dalton. So, Dalton, what are your thoughts on this game? I'll let you start this off, the discussion. Spence, why you got to do this, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm not a hater. All right. Now, here's what I'm thinking. In a totally non-biased way. All right. It all starts with the run game. The last time these two teams played, the Dallas Cowboys ran for a solid 260-plus rushing yards the entire game. The Rams couldn't stop a nosebleed if their lives depended on it, okay? Um, and not to mention on the other side, the Rams ran for an astounding, oh, uh, what was it, less than 100 yards. So Dallas did their job by stopping the run, and the Rams did not do their job, which ended in a 44-21 victory of the Cowboys. Or the the uh, Cowboys won the game. Um, so I start. So honestly, it starts by running the football well, especially for my team, and stopping the run on the other end. Dallas is loaded on offense, so either way, they're gonna score some points. Um. But honestly, that's 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 really what I think. I think that the Rams are going to win this game, uh, and uh, I think it will be a close game for majority of the um, uh, the uh, quarters and stuff. So, okay, let me ask you a question real quick. Who do you think Jalen Ramsey guards? Because you know they got Amari Cooper, they got Michael Gallup, they got Ceedee Lamb. I'm thinking Amari, but you know the team better than I do. Who do you see Ramsey uh, matching up with? Jalen will probably guard Amari Cooper. Uh, Troy Hill will probably guard uh, Michael Gallup. Uh, Troy Hill did have a good year last year. Um, pass rating around oh, as his uh, pass rating that he allowed when he was targeted was like 54 ish. Um, and he had a few picks as well. Uh, and this was all after 
uh, Akib and Marcus Peters were traded because then as soon as we acquired Jalen Ramsey, uh, Troy Hill, Darius Williams, and David Long Jr. were all moved up in the depth chart. Um, so I expect that to be what the secondary is going to be looking like. Um, and, of course, I, I'm expecting C.D. Lamb to have a good game. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, Christian, what are your thoughts on Cowboys-Rams Sunday night football? Um, these are two teams I don't think are going to be very good throughout the season. Uh, not because they're not loaded with talent. They really are. But do I really, you know, trust them in the clutch and, you know, down to the fourth quarter in close games? I really don't. Uh, you know, if you've heard my opinion on uh, the NFC East, I think it's the NFC least. And, you know, I don't think the Cowboys are going to win this division, but I do think because, uh, you know, how how well the system I think Mike McCarthy is going to implement with Dak and Amari and that offense, I think Dallas does win. Uh, in my opinion, I kind of want to see a blowout of the Rams because we've heard so much talk about them. I think Dallas wins this game by, let's say, 20 points. Okay, Casey, since – I mean, also Christian is also a Packers fan too, but I'm going to get Casey's thoughts on this. You saw Mike McCarthy go on the sidelines for many years in Green Bay. So what do you think he brings to this Dallas Cowboys team? I personally like the hiring uh, by Jerry Jones, but I am concerned about a couple things. I'm concerned about Mike McCarthy's willingness to change his offense, something that he did not do in Green Bay throughout his tenure. At all. Uh, yeah, at all. Um, I'm also worried that Mike McCarthy does not know how to draw up a game plan for Dak Prescott because he's never really had a mobile quarterback, as mobile of a quarterback as Dak. Yes, Aaron Rodgers could run the ball and is fairly good at it, but he's never had a quarterback like Dak Prescott, and he's never had a running back like Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know how he's going to incorporate that into his game plan. I don't know how he's going to manage um, Dak Prescott. But we'll see. I mean, I do think that the Rams have a significant coaching advantage. Um, and a lot of the time, coaching advantages are just as important as player advantages. I mean, we've seen that throughout the NFL. Um, I do like the uh, Rams' offense. And I do like the Rams' defense. The defense of the Rams is definitely better than the Cowboys' defense, and that's by far. However the Dallas Cowboys have an offense that rivals almost any other team in the NFL. Um, after the Gurley trade, I'm not so sure how solid the Rams offense will perform with, you know, Jared Goff. Yes, Jared Goff is a good quarterback, but we still need to see him take that next step to become, to live up to the number one overall pick that we saw yeah, from coming out of Cal. I think I take the Cowboys here just because of the sheer offensive firepower, but it definitely could come down to how Mark McCarthy game plans for Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I like how you bring up Jared Goff because he did get that massive extension after the Super Bowl loss, a Super Bowl appearance they have, and he's well deserving of the extension. But last year was kind of a down year, and there was a lot of injuries that you can blame on the offense. Offensive line was really bad. So that's another thing. Can the offensive line for LA, is it improved a lot? Can they protect golf and give him time to throw 
to guys like Robert Woods or Gerald Everett. So we'll see what happens. Cam Akers was a very good quarterback at Florida State. He destroyed Louisville the last couple of years when they played. So Akers is going to be some guy to watch out for for the Rams. But I think Wait, the Cam Akers Cal- is the running back. Yeah, he was yeah, the running, running back. Yeah, for the Rams. So I think the Cowboys, that offense, C.D. Lamb is a, only a rookie, but he was explosive in college. Yes, you can argue Big 12, they don't play defense or whatever, but he still put up a lot of numbers. And I think the fact that C.D. Lamb slipped to 17 was, I think 16 teams probably passed on someone that was really good that they could have incorporated on their offense. And I think he'll have a big game. And Dak and Zeke, I, they're – it's such a good combo together. So I'm excited with the Cowboys in this game, but I wouldn't count the Rams out. I think it could come down to the very end. And closing out our predictions is a Monday night. You know, Monday night they always have two games week one. and We'll go with the West Coast game, the late game, the last game of the week. We have the Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos, a matchup that kind of lost a little luster with Von Miller's injury. But this is a game that, you got two quarterbacks in situations trying to make it look good. You have Drew Locke in his second year. How big of an improvement is he? You have Ryan Tannehill, who last year led the Titans to a conference title game appearance and got a massive contract. I've said caution in the past about I think this contract for Tannehill could look like the Blake Bortles deal that he got in Jacksonville a few years ago. Derrick Henry deserved to get paid, and he did. Dal- or Denver went out and signed Melvin Gordon from division rival the Chargers. So how does Melvin Gordon fit in with a new offense and new system? But it's going to come down to, I think, the defense. You have Jarrell Casey traded from Tennessee to Denver. So how does that look? How's- he's going to come out with vengeance against his former team. But ultimately, I think the uh, Titans, just because I think Derrick Henry – is going to run it down a lot and run down Denver's throats. And we saw his playoff run last year. It's very hard to stop Derrick Henry. And I think at least this year, Derrick Henry is going to be really good. So I'm signing with the Titans. I'll start over with Casey. What are your thoughts on this game? Where is this game being played? I believe it's in Denver. I'll double check real quick. Okay. If it's at Denver, I have to side with Denver here. We don't know exactly how much conditioning both teams have been through. And playing in that higher altitude is definitely a challenge, especially when, you know, training camp started late this year, didn't they? It started, I think it started it start around on time, but there was like, like a, a week little bit. Also, it is in Denver. I just want to clarify that. Too. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a huge factor. Plus, I really like the two-headed monster in Denver's backfield with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. Plus, I do expect Drew Locke to take that huge step with um, who is it? Jerry Judy? Yes, Jerry Judy. They Jerry just... Judy. Also, KJ Hamler got win mm-hmm. the second round from Penn State. Yeah, those are that's two huge new targets that they have. Plus, that defense is definitely not slouches. I mean, that's a good defense. The Titans. It's basically just Derrick Henry on offense. I mean, yes, Tannehill is good but it's more like he's there to just hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. You know? I mean, you know, if, if Derrick Henry gets going, yes, he's very hard to stop, but you can only feed a running back so many times before he's exhausted. And I do think that if they keep going to him, keep going to him, and don't let Ryan Tannehill air it out, they're not going to win the game. And it, that's just my opinion, just because 
the two-headed monster in Denver's backfield. And here's my thinking. There's definitely two X factors to this game. How much Ryan Tannehill can contribute on offense and the progression of Drew Locke. It comes down to that. I'm going to side with Denver here, though. Yeah. I mean, like I said both earlier, both quarterbacks have something to prove. Dawn, you were a big fan of uh, – on on the last podcast you talked about Jadeveon Clowney's t- signing with the Tennessee Titans. So, I know you were really excited, but, you know, Clowney didn't go through training camp again. So, how ready is he? Dawn, what are your thoughts on not just necessarily Clowney, but the matchup as a whole? Um, I think that it's going to be a favorable matchup for Clowney considering that Denver is – I think it's they, they lost their – Starting left and starting right tackle. Their offensive line was not that good last year. Yeah, and their line wasn't that good last year anyway. So I think either way, it's favorable for the Titans' defensive line. Um, And we're forgetting, of course, that uh, the Titans' wide receivers, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, had good years last year. Um, uh, I'm going to side with the Titans just for the – belief that Derrick Henry is going to do well. And plus, he's on my fantasy team, so I kind of hope that he does well. <laughs> of, course. of course. Christian, I'll let you close out this matchup with your thoughts on the game. Um, Yeah, like Casey said, you know, I think one of the biggest factors that's going to decide, you know, who wins and loses this game is how much Tannehill contributes in this offense. I believe he only took like – he only thrown the ball like nine times against Baltimore. and. Derrick Henry just took out the rest of the defense. So if we see that kind of Tannehill, I don't think the ceiling in Tennessee is super high. So I would want Ryan Tannehill to take another step and hopefully he can revive his career. But I think Denver, they are the youngest, they're one of the best younger teams in the league with, you know, second year Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton, Desha- uh, Deshaun Hamilton, you know, they just drafted Jerry Judy, Noah Fant. Uh, that offensive line is improving, even though it's not great. It's still improving. And that defensive front is monstrous in Denver. And it's in Denver, so I think Denver does take the swim. But I want to see Tennessee improve. Okay, so we split that matchup. We also split Saints-Bucks. We all said Kansas City. And Cowboys-Rams was a 3-1 with Dalton being the lone Rams person. So, We'll be keeping tally. I'll have it on my laptop and on Excel sheet. I'll be keeping the totals all season for who's going to win our NFL predictions. And we'll be back next Wednesday with another NFL. Any closing remarks for what you're looking out for with the NFL? Casey, we didn't get to have you on last pod. Anything that you're really excited for and looking forward to in the NFL this year? Um, Being a Packer fan, I'm really excited to see how the defense takes the next step. I'm really excited to see Zadarius – Smith, Preston Smith, Jair, um, Darnell Savage. I'm really excited to see all those players take the next step in their careers. I'm also very excited to watch A.J. Dillon, the running back out of, uh, what's it, Boston College? Yeah, Boston College. I mean, I've seen pictures of him in in workout, and oh, my God, he is the biggest running back I think I have ever seen. Him and Eddie. Bigger than Eddie Lacy? No, no. Eddie Lacy was, you know, chunky. Um, No, he was fat. (laughs) A.J. Dillon put Saquon Barkley's legs to shame. I mean, oh, my God. He is the biggest running back I have seen. Maybe not height-wise, but stature. 
I'm very excited to see how our now three-headed monster works in the backfield. And I'm excited to see who takes that next step as the number two receiver on the Crackers. Maybe it's Alan Lazard. Maybe it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Maybe it's even um, Equinemius St. Brown. We'll see. I mean, I just, I, I'm just really excited to see how the season goes for my team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because in, another thing with, to note with the NFL is each stadium has different protocols for fans in the stands. Some will – I mean, they're all at limited capacity, but some have no – they aren't going to allow any capacity for the game. So, home field advantage is – what, Casey? I'm also very excited to see Teddy Bridgewater's first full season as a starter since 2015, him as a Viking. I'm ecstatic to see him back playing. I think he's going to lead that team with poise and leadership. Um, I'm also really excited to see what Lamar does this year. I want to see him take that next step. I want to see him get better as a passer. I mean, he was good last year as a passer. I want to see him be great. I do think he has the potential to be like Patrick Mahomes, but with but a faster version of him. Okay, Casey, real quick, what is your Super Bowl prediction right now before any games are played? Who do you think wins it all this year? I it's too early to say, but I definitely do think the Ravens have a clear path to the playoffs. I don't see a team that can contest them other than the Chiefs. I think it's going to come down to the Chiefs and Ravens, and I do think that Baltimore will edge out um, the Chiefs because of their their defense. On the NFC side, I don't know. It's a tough one. I mean, everybody's picks probably going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I don't know how good they're going to be. I mean, this is definitely the first time we're seeing them play together. So I might have to go with the safe pick here. I want to see either the Saints or the Packers in the Super Bowl this year against uh, Baltimore. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with Saints-Ravens. That would be a fun matchup. You got Drew Brees and Lamar. I mean, for the last few years, I've been looking for a Brady Rogers or Brady Brees Super Bowl appearance. That won't happen this year with Brady being over the NFC. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to see how the home field advantage factor is during the regular season, especially. I definitely still think there is that definite home field advantage, especially in Denver, where it's high altitude. In Denver's Green altitude. Bay, where it's so Kansas cold. City's going to be interesting, though, because, yeah. you know, Arrowhead's loud. Also, Seattle's loud. But with the limited capacity, it will still be ruckus up there, but it won't be nearly the uh, fear factor of opponents coming in. Yeah, for sure. Any, uh, I'll go around the clock here with uh, closing remarks. I'll start with Don. Anything you want to add closing remarks for this episode? No, I'm just ready for football, man. I think everyone is. Christian, anything you want to add? I'm just ready for football. And like Casey said, I can't wait to see uh, Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. Uh, after, you know, everything he's been through, his knee almost, you know, exploding on him, on itself. Uh, I can't wait to see him back. Even though Carolina won't be a competitive team uh, in the NFL, I still, you know, they're still going to be a fun team to watch with him and uh, Christian McCaffrey. Okay, Casey, anything else you want to add? I'm just excited to be watching college football and football in general. I can't wait to see how the NBA playoffs finish up and see how the uh, MLB playoffs are starting to be structured. I mean – all my teams are kind of sitting in good positions right now. You know, my Cubbies are doing good. The Raptors forced a game seven tonight. 
and the Packers have a promising future and uh, having a better defense and a good above average offense. I'm so I'm excited to see how all the sports season plays out, especially with all this craziness. Yeah, I mean, Game Seven is going to be very exciting for Celtics Raptors. So it's me versus Casey. Renner plays Christian. So that, you can't write a better script out East than that for sure. But anyway, this has been another edition of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. I'm Casey Reardon. And I'm Christian Ernst. Thank you for tuning in and have a good rest of your evening.